Welcome to Awaken with Victoria Bond. I am your host, Victoria. I'm a spiritual empowerment coach, a psychic medium, and a business mentor. In this podcast, you will be able to dive in to everything from conscious parenting, human design, psychic development, and business. I interview some of the top leaders in this field. So if you're a facilitator, a mother, or you're going through an awakening process, this is the podcast to listen to. You can find all the information to every show in the show notes and dive deeper into any area that you are choosing. I can't wait to connect with you. I'll see you inside. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode. We have Lauren Marie. Welcome, Lauren. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming back because this is probably the third or fourth interview we've done and I just can't get enough of you. I've been recently watching your YouTube videos all about cults and indoctrination and holy and narcissism and I've got to tell you I am fascinated with the systems and manipulation and human code of behavior blows my mind. So this is something that you've been really studying yourself and you're, you're fascinated with and um, your YouTube videos are just so interesting, but you're like a, you do a lot of things. You do like digital marketing, business, um, like copywriting. I know that you help people with their niches and bringing their, their wisdom out to the world and all that type of stuff as well. So, and you've got a couple of, you've got twins, you've got a couple of little mm -hmm. um, beautiful, nearly eight year olds and, I think the first time we chatted was when they were probably literally like one or two. They were really yeah. little. And my one, my one's a little as well. And um, you were traveling around the world. I think you might've been like China or Japan or somewhere crazy. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, this chick is like next level in all the ways. So let, let's have a little chat about where you're at now and in, in life. <laughs> it's a very broad question, but... Well, about a year ago now, I uh, left a group that was why I was traveling and doing all that uh, work with um, them. And yeah, left, woke up, left about a year ago and discovered that they were a cult. And um, I actually never knew there was other types of cults. I, of course, hear about the really extreme ones uh, in the news and the religious, you know, ones and the ones where they're all like uh, mass suicides and all these crazy things. But I never knew like the whole scale of um, and continuum of cults and that there were coaching cults or personal development cults or even like one-on-one -on -one cultic relationships um, with, you know, spouses or therapists or um, yoga teachers. Uh, like there are just so many things. So when I discovered that, I realized, oh my goodness, I'm actually in one. And um, my husband was also, and we had our kids there. They, you know, married us. It was... Uh, as we were speaking about before we started recording, that was my family. And so waking up and realizing you're, you were being deceived for over a decade, uh, that was a big uh, shock and transition for us. And so in the last year, we've just uprooted our family, moved to another state, and uh, my husband's got a new job, and I'm 
you know, just putting the pieces back together in a new way. So lots of change and, uh, <laughs> to, to, to put it mildly. It must be massive. I can't actually comprehend it. So I quite often talk about religion and how angry I was when, and actually it was one of your YouTube videos that just like pinged for me because I was brought up Catholic, but there was not really pressure. There was no really pressure. There wasn't kind of like a peer pressure to, to go to church or to do anything. It was kind of like, you should go. It was kind of like that pressure. And it was, as in my upbringing, dad was atheist, mom's Catholic. So I kind of had the best of both worlds. But what you said in one of your YouTube videos was um, quite often, um, cults will come along and yes I think they're dressed up sheep and wolf clothing um, and what actually happens is you will be brought into it and then it'll be the complete opposite to what you knew and so I was went from kind of religion to joining a particular group which was all about consciousness and making a big difference in the world and then I got really angry that I had been in a religion and I actually felt super disconnected to even my sisters um and and of course this this group spoken kind of a different language a little bit which I didn't love because I like to connect all humans but and I didn't really go too much down a rabbit hole but what popped in your YouTube video was the disconnect between everything you knew nearly like alienated from that and everything else made to be wrongness like and now you are right because you're in this particular group um, and I think it may have been in your YouTube video about this and them, you know, or this, them and us, <laughs> this and them, yeah. <laughs> them and us. us. Them. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, holy fuck. And then what I'm seeing now is people that have continued and they're using the lingo, um, and also the hierarchy system, um, nearly like a pyramid, not saying there's anything wrong with pyramid systems, but a pyramid system of status and also like the, the the wool's clothing come off and you start seeing truths. So of course, when I, um, I had these feelings, of course, I'm, you know, just, I'm pretty intuitive. But when I saw your video pop up and I watched that, I learned so much about indoctrination and separation and um, these different, oh, these different ideas even with the woke movement right I know this sounds terrible but with the whole them and us um in any form like you said in relationships so with coaches with um this separation and this neediness of nearly there but you won't be there until there's this next step and it just <laughs> you just encapsulated it so beautifully in very small videos I'm like wow Lauren like you've sat this and you've just like condensed it so when did you when did your bookshelf I love your bookshelf analogy when did that that final book break the shelf when did that shelf break and you went I'm in a fucking cult excuse my language but like I'm very passionate about this yeah so I think it was Yanya Lalich Dr. Yanya Lalich who is a um, American sociologist and she's studied cults for I don't know 40, 50 years or something. And um, so she uses the shocking analogy in her uh, book, which was one of the, so I opened her book about a year ago and was like, maybe I'm in a cult. And I closed the book going like, oh my God, 
Like these people are dangerous. They have serious issues. Um, and I need like yesterday. Um, <clears throat> so the shelf breaking is basically like, as you said, you had some, your spidey senses were a little bit, you know, you're, you're a part of something and there's a little bit of, uh, red flags or yellow flags, things that don't sit quite right, but you overall, you know, you're enjoying yourself, you're learning, you're changing, whatever the experience is good, whatever's, whatever is working for you in that. So you take those little moments and you put them on the shelf. Cause it's like, well, we just can't, we can't sort of make that part of this picture right now. We'll just put it back there. And over time, uh, and I guess it depends on how how the person is, how the situation is, whatever. For me, it was 12 years it took of putting things on the shelf. Uh, at whatever point, you got to put something on the shelf and it just falls down and then you can't anymore. And it's like one of those, once you've seen, you can't unsee moments. So I, um, I think that there was so many things that were not sitting right with me about the organization, about how they function, about the people at the top and how they are treating, treating others, um, treating me, treating each other. Um, it's those inconsistencies and the hypocrisy between like what they're saying and what they're actually doing was just so extreme. And there was like one of the leaders they had essentially just shamed publicly, uh, humiliated just, and I watched that happen. I just was like, how is this okay? Like if you, and this was one of their best friends, one of their closest people. And I'm like, wow, how can they do that to this person? Um, so there was, I was watching that happen, but it was from a perspective of like having read Yanya's book and, um, it's called take back your life. Uh, um, and seeing how these groups are all the same, like they have different doctrines, they have different teachings, different tools, different principles, but like all of that stuff is just, that's sort of whatever, but they function the same way. So I was watching them dress this person down and, and so one of the hallmarks of a uh, cult is isolation and separating us versus them. So sometimes that's done physically in like, if you go to an ashram and you're physically away from the rest of the world, but a lot of times you can be functioning just like in normal society. Like you're living in your normal home. You haven't, you know, you might be going to a regular job and over time you just start to be separated, um, psychologically. So you just feel different. You're made to feel really special. It's part of this like grooming process or this love bombing that happens. Oh my gosh, my people, they get me, they see me that I'm, they see me as like special in some way or unique or better or great in some way. And so it feels really good. And you get that like sort of hit of, uh, oh, like validation and, and just, like, yes, like I, I feel good about myself for the first time. And it's, you know, that's really euphoric and it's really addicting. So you want to come back for more. Uh, but the problem is that these groups are not actually created to uh, make you better or make you greater. Um, so over time, you start to see how they're actually 
um, diminishing your self-worth. They're actually making you feel broken and wrong and uh, bad about yourself. And so you come back to them to get fixed where actually you're getting more and more broken. Yeah. Wow. It, it, and I know like you were at the top, right? So what I mean by that is 12 years, you have done a lot of, a lot of, uh, I want to say programming really, because you have to go back every single year to take these classes. And just in case something's changed in that class, and it's the same class, it's over and over and over and over again. And I, I know at the level that I was in, it was just simply one class and it was like, okay. And I, I kind of got bored of it. And <laughs> I live in New Zealand a little, like in a little tiny, lived in a village. So it was like, it wasn't like socializing or anything. Um, But the money aspect of it, I find fucking, oh my God, I'm swearing so much here, but really, really fascinating because to be able to have to pay, say a registration fee every single year to know what you already know. um, And then to to retrain to the exact thing that you already have been trained in again and again and again and again. It's not like you're doing your nurse's degree. It's not like it's a doctor's degree. It's not like it's uh, life uh, threatening. Like it's not like it's you're doing your CPR course, you know? Um, so I find that really, really interesting. And you mentioned also on your YouTube videos about losing money. Now, whether that's for you, but it's for, for many people going broke the um story about you giving up your ring brought me to tears because I was like what <laughs> how did you get home that's what I left asking did you get home obviously you got home but what the hell um and also the the shaming and stuff and in, in the name of consciousness so that blew my mind because for me it was like hey this is serving me da da da, da but because I was always so in scarcity, um, I wouldn't spend beyond my means when I had the little children and stuff. So I didn't go too far. So my question to you is, you know, you went deep. Mm. Maybe to, for this exact reason, to share this kind of story to the world, who knows, but you went deep. But what about the people that are just getting pulled in because they are like you and I, and they've got this compassionate heart they are open, they want to make a difference, they want to lead with love, and they really desire the world to change. We see people using the religion and the spiritual and the consciousness and these pinging words to really pull us in so we can be seen, saying you're doing a great job, keep going. But it seems to me the indoctrination, it happens at the beginning, but it's kind of like fishing. They may get 50% or 25%, and then those people who have got that incredible ability to want to make a difference you know the highly intelligent ones that have got the stamina to desire to keep going there's absolutely no stupidity in here at all it is literally the determination and the audacity in my opinion to carry it through how can these people understand if they are buying into a cult whether it's in religion or coaching or name and name of spiritual or consciousness what are the, those key signs at the beginning well, well, um, a lot to unpack there. So one thing that these groups do is they take those qualities that are really great that you just mentioned in people and they exploit them. So you mentioned a uh, desire to contribute or change the world or be, you know, be a better person, improve your own life, your family's life, like 
all of those things are great qualities in people that they will uh, cults will take and exploit. So we look at people that quote fall for a cult as usually like there's a stigma that they are gullible or stupid or naive or any of that. And it's just not true. It's almost like you, you can't be fooled if you weren't smart in some way, because it's it, like, it wouldn't work on you. So, and, um, so that's the first thing is like, they prey on people that have really great qualities and they exploit them. So, um, let's say you have a le level of success or celebrity or wealth. They want you because you'll make them look good. Right. So they will exploit that in you. And you'll see that whatever the group is, the rules change, uh, based on who they're talking to. So I know in our group, we, um, like there's be these hoops that you have to jump through to be able to do different types of classes and things like that. But you'd see someone come along and all of a sudden they're like doing this. They like went straight to the top. I was like, hang on, how come they didn't have to jump through all the hoops? Well, cause they wanted that person to represent the organization because they they had something, right? They had some level of status that they wanted to exploit. Um, same kind thing like with, like for me, I didn't have money, but I was, yeah, a doctor, anyone that will give them authority or make them uh, elevate their status in whatever way. So they were always like, if you had, uh, like at one point there was an NFL star that came along and they were just like, all about all over him. It was like, oh yes, like let's put you everywhere. Um, so for me, I you know, I wasn't famous and I wasn't rich, but I was really good at what I did. Um, I was an acupuncturist and then I started helping uh other coaches. I started doing this coaching work and then I started doing like the back end systems and um websites and I, you know, just smart technically and I I'm a worker, you know, and so the cults love that. They're like, oh, you'll work 17 hours a day for no money. Um, let's use you. So they'll exploit, you know, hard work. They'll, um, the dedication, the, you know, for me, it was always about this higher cause, this mission, which another red flag is that cults always have this um, one, like, answer one simple answer to all of life's complex questions you know struggles you know so it's like in this group it was consciousness like consciousness is is going to change everything and it, but they had their own definition of what consciousness was that they made up and so um also the big mission that they would have you working towards will always change and the reason for that is because it's bullshit like it's not ever going to actualize. And you'll see this with uh, religious cults that have like predicted the end of the end of end of days. Right. And then the end of days comes and like it doesn't end. And so <laughs> and then they have to like change direction. And you'll mm -hmm. see that in our group. It was like, oh, we changed it, you know. And so and they give you credit like uh, if if some disaster didn't happen you know, or if some disaster does happen, like they would always take credit for natural disasters. If they were, you know, there's an earthquake anywhere near, they were doing a class. It's like, we, we created that. And it's like the change is all, you know, they would take credit for everything. This really makes me laugh now how silly we were um, to believe that it was like, cause you, I mean, you know, how, how often is there an earthquake or a, or a, a tidal wave or something? There's always something, you know? So um, it's kind of like the horoscope thing where you can like, 
you can read any horoscope and make it true. Cause you're like, Oh yeah, I can see how that is like. So anyway, um, the big mission I was really sucked in by, cause I thought, wow, like, you know, we can really change things, big things. And I thought I was working towards like something really important. And, uh, so that was the final answer to your, your shelf breaking question is when I realized that there was like, I looked back over 12 years and I couldn't think of one actual thing that we had done, like one tangible, actual thing. Like I couldn't think of any. And I sat there in the kitchen with my husband and I was like, but what have they actually created or, or done or like, there's a lot of talk. There's always something and it's always this rallying thing. Um, and they've taken credit for some really big world events that they have no actual reason to take credit for. But um, what have they actually done? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like they have these different projects, but they're all money making. They're all for profit. Every single one of them is designed to make money for the company and for specifically like the one dude at the top, maybe the two dudes at the top. That's it. Mm. And so when I realized that it was all about the money and the power and possibly sex, like those three things, and none of those things in my book is creating a better world or consciousness, I was like, I'm out. It's amazing how you've been able to sit with this and reflect back and notice all the things. So that would have been a, a complete 180 for you, really. To, to question yeah. absolutely everything. So your husband, um, obviously you two are close <laughs> and obviously you have conversations. Was it, was was he in it like you or was he just kind of there supporting you kind of alongside you and kind of just been on that journey with you or did he have to go through his own process as well? Not asking oh, I, to speak look, to I, him. But, I feel you know. uh, really like blessed and lucky to that we both got out at the same time. It doesn't happen that way. Um, we were both in um, probably as deep, although I was in longer than him and we both worked for them full time. And we were, you know, it was, like I said, they married us. We had the kids in, like they were born into this thing. And so we were both in really deep. Um, he had started waking up, I think, around the same time or maybe a little earlier. Um, and what really helped us was the physical distance. We, as you said, we were traveling a lot and then COVID hit. And so there was no travel and we had to, um, you know, find other things to do and whatever. So we just had our, we had the physical space and also due to some company restructuring and whatever, they, our financial dependence on them changed. Um, so where we were making majority of money from that company, they like pulled the plug on this one thing and it was like 60% of our income just went away. So I started really putting energy into my own business and he started looking at like creating stuff on the side. And so we basically started kind of pulling away like the two, three years before we left and he had read this other book that was uh, like the 48 laws of power, which is a really scary book um, about how to, how to create power, but it's, it's kind of like a creepy book, but it, it, he read that and he was like, oh my gosh, 
read this chapter, how to create a cult-like following. And he was like, this is what they've done. And um, so he read that and kind of had his own wake up call. And I think being where we were at um, physically in the world, like it just, we were able to have a bit of space around the whole thing and not, not be so sucked in because when we were traveling, the thing with all of this, like you're more susceptible, like there's a lot of aspects to the way that they get like control over your mind. One of them is just being physically tired, like overworked, undernourished, underslept, um, not to mention having kids is already, you're like not sleeping, but then you're working all the time. And um, you're just, you, you you don't have the energy to question things, you know, so everything they tell you just goes in. And so I think with COVID, we were able to get back to basics, you know, sleeping, eating, exercising, um, not traveling. And we just sort of got control over our, our mental faculties a bit more. And um, yeah, so he woke up, I woke up, like I said to him, like at that moment, the shelf collapsed and I, we had this conversation and, uh, I was like, wow, you know, I think we need to get out. And, uh, the first thing that I, he agreed and we just knew we had to create an exit plan because we were so stuck. And, uh, a big part of that was, you know, replacing the income. So he went and got a job, um, a full-time job and, uh, I had a session with Dr. Yanya Lalich and she helped me create an exit plan. And one of the things, cause this can be really overwhelming. And if anyone's listening and you feel like, you know, I don't know how I'm going to leave the thing I'm in because, you know, it's my whole social support. It's my financial support. It's whatever. Yeah. It, it, it is all of those things. And you, it may take, months or years, you know, sometimes to get out, or even if it's just a, not just, but this is the same thing that applies in an abusive relationship where sometimes to leave an abusive partner, you have to have a plan and a strategy and it can take time. And you sometimes need to be really strategic about it because that's the most dangerous time is like when you're leaving, that's when they will do if they're going to do something dangerous uh, or abusive or hurt you, um, that's when it will happen. And so I was prepared for that. We had a strategy um, session, me and Yanya, and it was like, literally, she's like, write down the steps and then read them every day. And I was like, okay, step one, make an exit plan. <laughs> it was like, okay, step two, read the exit plan every day. It was like, so... Um, and one of the things was like, replace the income, you know, uh, another thing was like, cut back all the expenses. And another one was like, find a new place to live. Cause we were like in this Mecca of all the cult people. And I was like, this is not gonna, it's not gonna work. Like we're going to have to move. So it was, all of those things are, are huge. And like, I, you know, we've got kids and anyway, it was like, I, I would get overwhelmed, but then I'll go, okay, read, read the exit plan. Okay. Step one, step two, step mm. three, and uh, just try and handle one thing at a time. Yanya's uh, center also has courses for um, recovery, recovery from cults and um, abuse. 
abusive relationships. And so I was in, I took one of her foundational courses, which was really, really helpful. And I started understanding from her trauma-informed therapist that was on there, how the brain works and, and how you have to actually like rewire your brain and heal your brain and how you can come out of these situations with something called complex PTSD, which is, you know, like from years and years of being, uh, abused. And also when you leave and you're, in my case, um, they attacked me, not physically, but they threatened our family. They threatened, you know, my business, they threatened my life. They, um, tried to ruin my, my reputation. They told lies about us. And, um, all of that is, actually designed to help them um with this fear indoctrination so it was more about the people they were saying that to than me like so and that's something I mean you understand logically like okay they're probably not going to actually do anything to us but of course it's scary like you you know these are dangerous people and um and former friends and the thing, like when you're in a group like this, you're really encouraged to share openly. Like you're, in fact, if you don't, you're made wrong. So you have to, like, you have to be vulnerable and tell them everything in which they use that against you, you know, when you leave. So they throw all this stuff at, uh, at you. Um, and then they make up the rest. It's like 10% truth. And then they're like, <laughs> Well, that's that collateral though, isn't it? Like on the, when you watch the Netflix series and stuff like, we need collateral. Um, That was the, the, the the cult that was pretty freaking brutal. Um, But yeah, it's interesting when you see alarm bells and when, if groups like this aren't encouraging like gut health, (laughs) if they're saying, yo, 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 just eat all, everything you want. Like um, one of my clients said recently, I just ate this because my body said yes. And it felt so good. And I said, but how do you feel after you eat that? Like if you if you have gluten, when you're not meant to have, of course your body says I want things, but I, should you really, how, how, what is the effect? What is the after effect of having that or whatever? Um, so I find it really interesting. The, the, and, and, and the non-focus on actual feelings of felt sense. I started doing a lot of yoga and they would say, how do you feel? And maybe you could do this at suggestions, but it's never processing or like um, plugging in concepts. So it's, it's kind of in the hypocrisy, if that's how you say it, really is interesting as well. So you're not allowed to define anything, but the man at the top is. I find, I'm like, and, and the word interesting everything is just interesting so there's no right or wrong oh my fucking god the world's gonna be chaos if there's no morals so like lots of different things that I think is threaded through the cult um system but also like not all groups are bad I think it's about an individual uh experience of what is energetically correct and when it starts feeling icky or sticky or when the the radar like your spidey whatever you said your spidey senses or radar goes off it's like hang on a minute like my husband goes well I knew that and I went what it's like oh my god I just listened to Lauren Marie like I trust Lauren and oh my god you know and then he's like 
yeah well it's obvious um but it's not obvious to everyone because he's not interested in that stuff you know so um I think a lot of the time when people are entering systems or groups and not asking questions I did ask a question one day about all the sugar stuff right and I got shut down straight away but when people aren't knowing what's happening at the top and to have someone like you who has gone all that way to say yo this is the evidence that gives people an out, um, I believe. And and it's not just in your group, that your, your old group that we're talking about. It's in a lot of different groups. And as a coach personally, um, I see people, you may see this as well, getting addicted to coaching. There's this whole coaching culture um, and addiction. And I've even said to clients that have come to me and they want to work with me, but they can't afford it. And I say, is this going to affect your actual eating of your your children? And is this going to put stress on your marriage and stuff? And she's like, yes, it's put stress on my marriage. I'm in five coaching containers. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry, but can we talk about this right now? Because if you're paying me all your money and your husband and you are like yelling at each other because you're addicted to coaching, that is actually not the type of coach I want to be. I want to be a coach who says it's, it is important to talk to your partner who is bringing in the money. Um, it's, you know, a lot of people say, you don't have to ask your partner or this or that or whatever, but I'm a type of coach who says, actually, what is going to be in the best interest for you and your family and the world? You know, you need to think for yourself for what you want. And so I think it is uh, not just in the system of the cults where you're getting led in and literally manipulated um, and used and abused, um, but there's a lot of people that need to check themselves and how they are showing up as coaches and in their groups. And we're meant to be empowering people to know what they know, not telling them what to believe. You know, I think there's, there's, there's these like little fine lines. It's like nuances. Eh? It's like another layer, another layer, another layer. Um, so I think it's really interesting that the, the little radars that go off. And also, are you looking up at somebody on a pedestal? Are you looking up going, oh my God, maybe I can meet that person one day. Yeah. yeah. And then if it's sexual, are you going to turn down that person? If they were like, I quite like you, let's connect, you know, are you, no, probably not. So it, it is scary, I think, in a lot of different aspects. Well, the guru dynamic is a problematic one always because you iner- inherently will be giving your power away to someone else and although these people never called themselves gurus that's how they acted so they if there was ever like and this is important because what they say and what they do are not the same so they say they're empowering you and that you are asking questions to unlock what you know but what's actually happening is you're asking questions and then they're giving you their awareness or answer about what it is. So um, like with the sugar thing, you would be shut down if you had a different awareness or opinion or whatever than they were trying to put on you. That's not actually empowering. That's giving someone an answer or a point of view, but they would say that they're, they would say, no, we're asking you what you know. We're asking you to listen to your body you know, um, but getting up. So, so this is when you asked about like, how do you know if you're in an unhealthy group, that's a really big sign is if you can't disagree 
with the person that's doing the, the teaching. So in your case, when you brought up sugar and you were shut down, uh, that's not being able to have a discussion, right? You're not having a discourse mm. or a disagreement or a being able to be heard. And with but then the, it flips around. And if you become the teacher, because you are in that system and someone asked you the sugar question, you do exactly the same that happened to you. So someone did ask me questions and I'm like, well, and you do exactly the same. I was told this and then, and you want to be that authority and you think you're changing the world. Um, so, you know, the, the, the one, the thing I'm talking about right now is Coke and I fucking hate Coke. Like <laughs> legit, I hated it. I was like, oh my God, you know, and it's like, are these guys promoting Coca-Cola? Uh, you know, what is actually happening here? And then I got told, no, I got told absolutely no, they're not promoting Coca-Cola, but here's the thing, your body, sugar is sugar and it doesn't matter. It's just energy. And it's like, what about an orange or an apple or something living? So I loved what you, I didn't love what you said, but it, what, what resonated was if you're mentally not looking after yourself, if you're drinking booze and salt and sugar and like I had a hard day yesterday because I was tired because I, you know, I have to get a lot of sleep and I can't work my ass off. So if that is the culture that you're in, I would be, I would be like done very quickly because I don't have the energy. I'm a, I'm a very strong channel, but I don't have energy to work. I'm not a worker, like, you know. So I find that really fascinating, that deterioration of the health and the mind. Yeah, they're not teaching you the stuff because they're actually wanting you to be better. It's like, that's the first thing you got to get is like, they're not actually looking out for you and they're not actually wanting you to become greater or stronger or more empowered because then you wouldn't need to keep coming back and paying the money. So in a healthy group or a healthy, let's take a coaching dynamic, you would want the person to not need you eventually. Yes. You would, you know, same thing when I was an acupuncturist, I was like, you can't use me as your acupuncturist to like make up for all the things that you're doing bad to your body during the week. And then you come to me to fix it. Like we need to be changing these things <laughs> so that you can like have a healthy lifestyle and not need me. Um, but in these dynamics, they're actually creating a dependency, not um, freeing you. So uh, Dr. Steve Hassan, who's a, also a cult expert and he does like therapy clinic therapy sessions, he has a conversation with the about how many sessions they can anticipate like maximum and he doesn't let them continue on forever. So it's like you the, the goal here is for you to graduate our sessions together, not to create this dependent dynamic. And I think that that's a very different thing. And in again, what they would tell us is not you're dependent on us. They would say, you can leave at any time. Maybe you've got what you need. But the subtext of that is, well, you're just not choosing greater anymore. Like people that would leave would be, okay, well, they got what they needed. Oh my gosh. I actually do have a story for you, Lauren. So one of my really good friends, she went to do the one of the four day, a four day class and her husband 
halfway through. So she, I think she was on day two or something. I don't know. She was the only one in the class and there was these two teachers. And so she felt kind of intimidated and weird already. Um, and she rang me in the, in, at like lunchtime on the first or second day and she was crying and she said, my husband is in hospital and he's, I don't know if it was a heart attack or a fall. It was something like pretty brutal. And she's like, and it was just about two hours away from where she lived. So she said to the facilitators, my husband's in hospital. I have to go. Like he's all by himself. I've got to go pick up the kids from school. Like they've got three kids, all these things. And the facilitators said, well, if you do that, you're not choosing consciousness. And she was like, she rang me um, and she said, what do I do? And I said, what do you want to do? She said, I want to go home. I don't give a fuck about the money. I need to go home. I need to go be with my husband. And she left and she it actually shook her because she couldn't believe that. And they said, well, she said, well, can I have at least half my money back? Because I only did one day or whatever it was. And they said, no because it was your choice to leave. And um, I thought, whoa, that's, um, so she got massive red flags there and she said, Victoria, this is like, I'm, these people, they they were cold. Like my husband is in hospital. She didn't even know if he was going to survive. It was pretty gnarly. And they were so attached to the money and the process that they made her feel super, super bad for leaving. And I don't even know if they like talked to her again. And I thought, I just thought that was a singular case. But maybe that is kind of like the programming, like maybe. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, examples like that where you just wonder if they were really interested in your well-being, is that how they would behave? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, like, like normal human decency wouldn't dictate that behavior. That's crazy. You know? mm, it's not it's not humane really um so it's kind of like you know even with my coaching clients I'm always like hey here's an offer if you want to work with me if you don't let me know and feel free to sit on it you know it's not the kind of authority bullying techniques and stuff like that and if someone wants to keep working with you like you said it's like well hang on how far can I take this person and you want them to move on to learn from somebody else to up level and all that type of stuff as well, which is, it's super, super interesting. So do you think every single person, and I, I know we'll start wrapping this up, but do you think every single person in the cult that you were in, even the top people, because I know in Nexium, is it Nexium, the, um, the vow, I know that the lady at the top, the co-facilitator, was like super indoctrinated. Like it was kind of like she knew it, but she didn't. The wool was over her eyes. It blew my mind watching that on Netflix. Um, but she was manipulated. Do you think it's the same, if you don't mind answering this, do you think it's the same in this particular one where there's kind of like the one leader and everybody else is like deeply kind of indoctrinated? Well, the guy at the top knows exactly what he's doing. He actually, in this case, and also uh, Keith Ranieri of Nexium took a lot of his stuff from Scientology. So these guys, I think it's not saying they are all sociopaths, but they, you know, sociopaths like to learn from other uh, sociopaths. So they study each other. Same thing with cult leaders. They study each other. They're like, I don't know if there's some secret cult manual, cult leader handbook running around out there, but it sure seems like it because they're definitely, um, they're using the same, same exact, uh, ways to indoctrinate people. And 
uh, if you look at it almost like a cancer cluster or something, it's like the longer you're next to that one person and the closer you are, the more, you know, indoctrinated, the more brainwashed, the more, uh, the more you will have aligned yourself with their beliefs, whatever they are. So, and as you said, like you start to take on those traits and those behaviors because you think that that is what you're supposed to do here. That's the culture. And in some cases, like in this group, um, the closer you are to the top and the closer you are to the leader, the more um, you, even if you were a victim at some point, now you have become a perpetrator. And there is a line, like the example you gave with um, Nancy Salzman and Keith Ranieri, it's like, was she a victim of his? Sure. You know, was she also a perpetrator to a lot of people that she allowed abuse to go on? She perpetrated the abuse. So it's like, it's not one or the other. Um, the same thing applies to this group. Like there, uh, you'll see the same behaviors being perpetuated by the followers who absolutely are, are brainwashed and indoctrinated by the guy at the top, right? Mm, I just feel that particular people when when you watch these programs, you know, obviously they're um they're all I wouldn't say dramatized, but people producers and you know people are interesting how they put things together. But it seems to me that it's kind of bad cop, good cop, like this someone who's direct and like this is what I want, the power kind of the person who wants the power, and they bring in like a softer, more kinder, gentle, loving person. Um, which kind of equalizes them out and then they make them the equal. That's what seems to be in a couple of groups that I'm thinking about, Nexium being one of them and this other group um, that, you know, we're, we're speaking of is like, it seems to be this a yin and yang brought together to, you know, or the face of it. That's what Nancy Solzman was, was a face of it. Um, and she had a big work ethic and she wanted to make a difference. And it seems to be maybe that's a similar thread throughout many different groups like this. Well, it's actually quite scary because when you know the person is dangerous because they look dangerous and they act overtly mean or cruel, you know what you're dealing with. But when they have a pretty face, and they have a good sales pitch and they have a good story and they know how to love bomb the shit out of you. So you feel really special. It's a whole nother level of, um, of my opinion, way more dangerous because they get you at a whole nother level. You don't see it coming. I was kind of wondering if there was like this thread of Konark, you know, cause usually narcissists will attract a codependent at the same level. Um, but then this is, there's no black and white here. Cause like you say, the victim becomes a victimizer and, um, it's, it's actually, it's actually given me goosebumps cause it, it really, really does scare me. And to know that, um, many of us, we, we want so much more. So we share this, we share what we learn and then we're like, come with us, you know? And I know that was the same in Nexium. It's like, the there was that kind of survivor's guilt really that was going through and I know that you've probably had to work through you've said in your YouTube videos a lot of that stuff but at the end of the day it's like 
if you're honest and true and you lead with your heart and people come to you and you tell them the truth and that's what I'm doing I'm not going around saying oh I don't believe in this religion and I don't believe in that cult I'm like I'm putting out stuff here for everyone to hear and if you want to know more please come to me and people have and I've told them straight up what I know and I've sent um, your amazing YouTube videos and put them onto you so then they can read for themselves and They've always said, I had a little knowing, I had a little tingle. Um, a couple of people just cried because they're like, what? <laughs> How could they be so mean to her? Like, because like, they're humans, we're compassionate, you know? And um, so I think it's, you don't know until you know, but you do have, like you say, that spidey sense, that intuition, that gut. And one of the questions I'd written down is like, how do you follow your gut when you're trained to think that listening to your gut is something else? How do you listen to your gut and your intuition? You know, and I think for me, I was like, oh, I'm just steering this way now. You know, I'm doing, I, I follow, I have huge intuitive abilities as a psychic medium. So I feel things and I was steering away from any groups that are, um, that I felt was separation because I want all oneness. That's why I speak in normal if you will um yeah how do you follow your gut I think a lot of people probably need to know that especially when they've been told to listen to it in a certain way yeah well the thing about it is although they're telling you that they're empowering you to know which you would think is listening to your gut and and, and creating a better intu intuition or intuitive sense uh, what this group was doing was taking away your ability to think critically, to feel, to sense, and um, replacing it with these supposed higher uh, energetic things, which they could actually more easily manipulate. So the short answer to your question is, it's for me, like the number one hardest thing because I was so deceived and because I so gave away my knowing or whatever you want to call that in favor of somebody else's. And so it's really um, hard to trust myself again because I was so misled and, and deceived and fell for it. So how do you know what's true? And like now I'm having to find new ways of of following that. And I do still believe that I have an intuition and, but the problem when you have PTSD is you start like fearing things and thinking maybe that's my intuition. But so I'm having to learn, this is just my personal, I don't have an answer for how everyone should mm -hmm. do this. This is just all I can say. And I'm not a, whatever, I don't know what, who, who would you go to for that? Um, that's probably the problem. You don't want to go to somebody for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I'm not that person. So don't come to me for that. Uh, <laughs> but for me, what I'm learning is, cause I would like, uh, like, for example, put my kids on the school bus and then just start, Oh my God, what if the school bus gets an accident? I should have driven them, driven them to school. Like, you know, and I, and I would, uh, I would imagine the future horrible thing happening and how I would have regretted not following my intuition because now I'm like having a bad feeling. I should go quickly rescue them off of the school bus before it crashes, you know, and I just start spiraling. 
And I had to learn, and I'm still learning, like, that's not intuition. That's a trauma response. That's me having a PTSD um, freak out, you know, that is not intuition. And so for me, learning how it feels when I have like, for instance, when we knew we were going to change the kids into a different school because we were moving to another state, I heard of a one of the schools there and I just was like, I want them in that school. Mm-hmm. That's a very different sense or feeling than the like school bus is going to crash, right? Yeah. So that for me, I'm like, okay, that's more my intuition. It's not an alarm bell, mm. you know? Yeah, it's not charged. It's not like heightened. Um, I know for me, I've learned about a system called human design, which is I Ching, Kabbalah, um, astrology, and it, it's a really incredible system and it doesn't indoctrinate you <laughs> into needing more. It's kind of like you can look at yourself as a blueprint. Um, and what I've realized is that being what we call a projector, not to put us in boxes, but it's great to have the understanding is I literally can work four hours a day I literally need to go to the beach and bathe and sleep and play and have fun. And in some of these systems, they teach you like the group we're talking about, you don't really need to sleep much. And if you're bored or depressed, you need to get busier. But what that it doesn't resonate with me because I actually need to take everything off my plate and be really present and really still within myself to hear myself. So the busy, 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 work, 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 work just creates burnout for me straight up. Um, And that's what I do enjoy about human design is the understanding that we're all so uniquely different. We're not one or the other. And you probably know what I mean there. Like we're not putting people into categories, but it's like, hang on, let's have a look at your blueprint and understand how your intuition works. And mine is kind of like quiet. It's like today something popped in. I was like, oh, and it's nearly like a feather landing and I grab it and I'm like, it just lands. Um, mm-hmm. Some people's have it pop in like that one. Um, some people go, oh, I'm not sure. I need to sleep on it. And they take a little bit longer. Um, we're all different. We all have different turn ons and turn offs and our body's always talking to us. But if you're taught not to be in your body, if you're taught to just expand and hope for the everything to be what it is um then you're fucked because (laughs) you need to you need to listen to your human your human is here to help you and they're all so uniquely different so that's just something that helped me not trying to promote human design here but it's helped me understand my children and myself and my husband and go we're all so unique with our intuitions um with what we need with sleep and food and um joy it's uh, there's too much of this busy 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 and instead we need to go how can we actually what feels good for us like Mm -hmm. from our heart feeling and not loud but nearly like a humble feeling not a go 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 so if I was going to broaden it that I'd kind of say exactly what you just said it's like there's a knowing yep or a, a little bit of confusion it's like actually what is that confusion now let me have a little look at that is this is this trauma you know or is this you know, me just needing to come back in, into myself to ask me. So it's um, a lot of different things there, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Mm. Right. Wow. You are phenomenal and very powerful. And 
my intuition told me as soon as I saw your YouTube video, listen to her. She is, you're always, always interesting to me. And I've always, I don't want to say looked up as in a pedestal, but I've always known um, your heart to be true and authentic. And I can read people really well. That is my superpower. Um, and I'm, I'm really proud to, this sounds not, not trying to be condescending, but I'm really proud to know you and to know such a powerful being who is doing such beautiful work. And I know how scary and traumatizing this is, not just for you, but so many other people, but it takes a very brave, powerful being uh, to speak. Um, it really, especially when you've been so threatened and you've got these children of yours and your beautiful husband and um, you're like, no. Um, I won't stand for this bullshit anymore. So thank you for sharing all of this with us. And I know you are doing, building your, not building, but we're always building, but you have created a phenomenal business because you <laughs> have done it for such a long time. And like you say, you're a tech genius. It's your thing. So um, where is, where can people just find you on social media? Or do you have a website for those that are building their own digital programs and creating a change in the world, just like you are? How can they find you for support um, when it comes to business building? And also um, I'll put the link to your YouTube video for anyone who's interested in the cult stuff. I'm Lauren Marie Global on all the platforms and that's my website, laurenmarieglobal.com and happy to chat and see if we're a good fit to work together. I'm taking a few private clients. I'm as I'm rebuilding and like you not overworking and doing uh crazy hours in the day. So that's my caveat there. <laughs> mm, and you're so good at what you do. You are really, really good. Um, the business you do is just amazing. And I love how you don't put everyone into a box because you know everyone's unique and we've talked about this in other interviews. So um, is there any final things you would like to add? This has been um, a wild ride with our internet today as well yeah. as all these conversations that um, the world needs to hear. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I think that's a, a lot. Hey, thank you for having me. It's such mm. an important conversation and I really appreciate um, that you were also willing to like look at what you had put out there and change direction and take stuff down. And, um, I think that's also really courageous to go like, hang on, maybe I wasn't, uh, right about this. And I know I certainly wasn't either. So thank you for doing that. I think that's uh, really rare. I'm surprised that's rare. I'm surprised not every single person does it, but everyone's got their own journey. And, um, I do like being bold and, I know what I know. And as soon as I know it, you can't unknow. So um, it's just about educating. So thank you so much, Lauren. You're amazing. Everyone go check out her show notes because your YouTube videos are fascinating. It's like watching, it's like watching Netflix. <laughs> Another one came out. Yay. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, I love it. Keep it up. Um, thanks so much. And I will, we will talk to you guys later. Listening to today's episode. I trust that you got those golden nuggets that you required to shift your consciousness, to expand your awareness, and to turn up your capacity. I invite you to share this podcast with anyone that you feel would benefit from it, and also share the golden nuggets that you have learned with your friends, family, and of course, clients. 
You can contact me if there's anything that you want to specifically share with me and, or if there's anything you want me to specifically share on the podcast. You can check out the show notes and find me on my socials and myself or my team will get back to you. My heart to yours. Have a beautiful day and I'll see you soon.